Welcome to the Should Have Backed It podcast. It was a tale of two guineas at Flemington and Randwick as Australia's best three-year-olds did battle. In Sydney, Converge was able to hold out the fast-finishing star Animo to take out the Randwick guineas. Meanwhile, in the Australian guineas, it came down to a three-horse battle in the straight with Victorian derby winner Hitotsu edging past Lightsaber and Bonza Perla. To talk through all this weekend's racing action, I'm joined by Australia's number one tipster and News Corp racing editor, Chris Venuccio. Welcome back to the podcast, Big V. Which of the guineas caught your eye, mate? Hello, Phil. It's good to be doing this podcast face-to-face again, and I reckon that's the highlight of the weekend. Don't worry about the, the racing on, on the weekend. I thought there was two great guineas races, you know, for different reasons. And, you know, you had the Australian guineas, which was a real big puzzle betting-wise, and the Randwick guineas looked to be, you know, a bit more limited in the number of chances. And I, th- I really thought the... The Australian Guineas, without it being a, a betting a race you really want to have a bet into, I just thought it was really interesting just to see how the the first up horses would go against the Melbourne form, which looked to be just ordinary compared to the Sydney form, and it was an exciting race. Yeah, it certainly was big vein. As I said off the top there, there was three horses that really fought it out with Hitotsu getting the job done, and you were just mentioning before we started the podcast that that was a bit of a surprise to you. Yeah, I, th- I thought so because I was prepared to take it on. It was three fifty in the all-in market for quite a while, and and it's ended up paying eight dollars starting price. So uh, we've mentioned many many times on this podcast, you know, just those all-in markets they just really you know suck you in. You know, just gotta be patient, wait till you get the final fields, and then then Profondo is a late entry, and then that gets elevated to a three dollar fifty all-in favorite, and Hitotsu then is a four fifty. Second favourite, and then when the final fields come out, you've got Profondo is a four twenty favourite, or opens four twenty favourite, and Hitotsu's four eighty, and then you see just the the changes that can happen. Hitotsu's eased as we mentioned, and then there's some money for Pinstripe, Captivant, um, and some and other horses as well. Uh, forgot you, so the market just really changed a lot on the day from those all-in prices, you know, weeks out. Yeah, well, the the fact that Hitotsu got out to $8 is why I've got it as my should have backed it this week, Big V, because originally I didn't think it was quite a, a race that you could have a two-bet strategy in, but I think at $8 easily could have had a little nibble on it alongside the horse that I did have a little bet on, and is my should have sacked it for the week, Profondo. And we discussed on the pod last week that the horse hadn't gone around the Melbourne way before, Obviously, had to come down here given the conditions up there in Sydney and really sounds like it didn't handle going the Melbourne way. Yeah, there's a lot of hype on him you know, being a Group 1 winner at his third start. I thought if he came down and won this race, you know, he, you know, he could probably be anything and you know, could be unbeaten you know, this prep. But a few concerns. You know, he had a wide run, didn't handle the Melbourne way. So, you know, do you want to be on him next start? I think you've got to assess his second up run and see how he goes make sure that it's just not a you know just something that out of the ordinary that happened to him first up my should have sacked it is Captivant from the race because I just I know he ran second in the Caulfield Guineas in the spring and he's only beaten about half a length behind Animo but I don't think he'd been going that well or going as well this campaign I just thought you know grand final day the Snowdens will have him peaking but I just thought he was. I thought he looked a little plain in the run. 
Yeah, you know, just at no stage did he, did he look like he was ready to unleash and and finish strongly. Compared to Pinstripe, he was very unlucky in that that run. Did Did you think that he could have won that race or should have won that race? Look, to be honest, Big V, I, I do think it was pretty unlucky in the run, but whether or not it cost at the race, I, I wouldn't think so. Um, I think the, the the front three were clearly ahead of, ahead of the rest, but certainly uh, came home well into fifth, I believe, in the end. Yeah, ironically, it was um, Captivant that did cause some of that trouble for Pinstriped, as well as Profondo coming back into the field. So, yeah, unlucky run, and it yeah, should have finished closer. It was a very... Well, it was a very good last 100 from him and, yeah, should have finished closer. Uh, speaking of a very good last 100, we'll move now over to the blamey stakes, Big V, and we saw a, a great battle there at the end between uh, Inspirational Girl, who just got the job done, and Zaki, who came down to Melbourne because of the weather, I presume, and ran over 1,600 first up and, gee, just about be a all-star mile tip now, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think it's a, a good bet for the all-star mile and... The way this race was run, I had some concerns about Zaki being first up at 16 when it was going to be first up over 13 because it was sort of a last-minute decision to come down. But the way they ran this race with Mr Brightside and Corner Pocket leading, they went at a very slow tempo. And that that nearly set it up for Zaki to actually win it first up. But, yeah, she got he got held up in the straight. And when that gap opened, she... He accelerated. I just think maybe the condition did give way at the end. But because they went so slow, it, it just enabled him to get so close to winning. And he was just a, a sitting shot for an inspirational girl who was just you know stalking Zaki and probably had that extra fitness and that turn of foot to, to run him down. Yeah, look, I, I stuck true with Zaki, obviously a, a massive fan of the horse, and I am on it in the All-Star Mile Big V, so a um, bit of a long-range bet there, so I'm happy mm-hmm. to see how it ran. But in running, the way it was going, I thought how far. You know, it, it was a slow tempo. I thought that would help Zaki first up. And credit to Inspirational Girl to come, you know, past Zaki off that slow tempo as well. It wouldn't have been easy. Yeah, I just couldn't believe the tactics from that race. You'd think that, you know, with Zaki... Being, in a, being at a distance that he wasn't being set for first up, why you know, Craig Williams or Mr Brightside wouldn't have set a really quick tempo or maybe a, a faster tempo and really test out Zaki's fitness. And it was, you know, I think that's... In, in the end, I think for Zaki, that's just a good platform going into the All-Star Mile now. He's, he's had a 1,600-metre run. It wasn't overly taxing. And now he can go into the All-Star Mile, second up, ready to peak, and I think he's going to be very hard to beat. Well, speaking of the All-Star Mile, Inspirational Girl does get a ticket into the race after that win. You'd have to give her some kind of chance based on that run. Yeah, I think so too. The, the weights are going to be different yep. in, in the, in the all, uh, All-Star Mile. Here, Zaki's carried six kilos more. I think, at, I think it's weight for age, so they're probably going to carry... I think it's a four-kilo turnaround in Zaki's favour. So that might make some difference, but I think Inspirational Girl will run well, but I think you've got to be with Zaki. Are you feeling all right, Big V? Four kilo turnaround is going to make a difference from the Big V. Well, I think, look, I don't, I know we, we talk about weights a couple of times. I think it depends on the, sometimes, it, or a lot of the time it makes no difference. You look at the, the weight turnarounds and I think we do get carried away when it's one or two kilos, but I think it's some 
circumstances, you know, it can have a little impact. But you look at, you know, in the last race, we're just diverting a little bit. Now, Gentleman Roy went up to 59 kilos, and he's run really well with that sort of weight on his back. And and you had Yonce, you know, coming down in weight and just win by three, four lengths. So it does have a little bit of an impact, but not as much as what it's made out to be. When you're talking about one and two kilos... There's not much in that. Well, I thought your example last week was the best one, Big V, when uh, Moravi in uh, away game had the six and a half kilo turnaround and we saw almost an identical result between those two horses. But, yeah, look, I actually do think weights make a little bit of a difference, but at the same time, Zaki yeah. second up into the All-Star Mile. It looks like a really good bet. Um, I'll have to look at the market maybe a little bit closer. I don't even think we've got a final field or even close to a final field in the All-Star Mile, but... Um, yeah, certainly very comfortable with that bet that I have long range. Uh, speaking of bets we're all pretty comfortable with, overpass, mate, in the English sprint there. Had to do a little bit of work to get the job done, but um, not a bad effort uh, and well-deserved win, I think, for that horse. Yeah, you're never comfortable when you are in the run. Not at $1.65, you know. No, I didn't. Well, I didn't back at $1.65. I, I jumped on at $2.30 and... Yeah, 280 opening price was a bit of a gift, and I was surprised that he was still 260 on the Thursday morning, and I think I was sleeping a little bit, not jumping on at that price. I saw it, and I was still thinking about it, and and then in the blink of an eye, it's 230 everywhere, and I just thought I just bit the bullet and jumped on him. I just think he wasn't on the right leg down the straight. He looked like he was just not handling either the Melbourne way or running down the straight. You just yeah, just you just didn't like the way his action was, but I think but his class got him over the, over the line. Yeah, well, as we've discussed before, Big V horses going down the Flemington Strait. It's a very unique skill set, and if you haven't done it before or you haven't won doing it before, um, it can be a bit concerning for punters. And we'll talk about that a little bit later when we uh, touch on the new market, which is coming up this weekend. At the hundred, I thought Overpass was going to win quite comfortably. He was he was catching up to those horses over the inside rail, but spell catchers actually just kept touch with him and in the end they've cleared the rest of the field by about three lengths. So it, it was a narrow margin, but you just it was a good run by spell catcher just to keep pace with him and, and finish a narrow second. Just on the price, Big V, we like to talk about the odd fluctuations and I actually didn't jump on overpass until the morning. I was just waiting on scratchings to see what would happen and turned out I don't think anything got scratched. So the price you were getting on a Wednesday or Thursday held up without any deductions. Uh, I certainly missed the best price though and I'm a little bit disappointed by that. But we are seeing some of these horses really get crunched in the market and it's, um, it's a bit tough for punters to work out when the best time to get on is. Yeah, it can be. It just You back it and then it gets out and then if you decide to wait and hold on... It comes in. It's just, it can be. It, it's getting really difficult, and and a lot a lot of these bookmakers are offering the you know the bonus bets, but it's only fixed odds. You can put them on. You can't go you know best of the best or top flux, which I'd probably go down that option to you know save that decision making. But I'm surprised that the price of two sixty for overpass was there for was there until Thursday morning. It was morning. probably over as well. Late it? late yeah. Thursday morning as well. So um yeah, I, I am surprised that it, it wasn't crunched on the Wednesday as soon as that two eighty came up. Yeah, that's right, Big V. I know that when I back a horse I the very first thing that happens is it drifts a little bit. So um 
we're all caught up with that, I think. Now, mate, we might move across to Sydney because there were a well, couple... Before, before we get to Sydney, I've got to ask you about mate, the sprint race, race eight. Um, oh. I know you're on, you're on Brooklyn Hustle and... I believe you. A bit were, unlucky, wasn't you, you, I? I think you're yeah, very unlucky. You're at the the supermarket. <laughs> you're watching it on your phone, and I think you had a couple of porterhouse steaks in your hand while you're watching the race. And just Brooklyn Hustle just missed, and you had to put the steaks back. It was. It will I or won't I buy the steaks? All on uh, Brooklyn Hustle's effort. And gee, it flew at the at the hundred. I just about uh, was was heading to the, the the tuna aisle, mate, to pick up a couple of tins, but. Uh, Gee, it flew late, and I thought it got there, actually, just on my little iPhone there as it crossed the line, but it, it didn't, unfortunately. So it was, um, yeah, not, not a great effort, unfortunately, for me. I think maybe goes to Adelaide next, and Brooklyn Hustle hasn't been the best-placed horse during its career, running in a lot of Group 1s when, you know, maybe you can go to a Group 2, Group 3, or a listed race like here and try and pick up a win. So I think maybe could go to Adelaide and... Get a you know another group three group two win and maybe one I think they they got the Phillies and mares group one the Robert Sangster maybe that might be a chance for her to get a group one win. Yeah, it might be big V. I, I do think she finds trouble. I'm not one that would back her normally. The reason I backed her on this weekend was that you recall first up last time she came in from seventeens into about six dollars at Mooney Valley and ended up running off the track. I thought must you know it's a, obviously a good first up horse. Um, whether or not I want to follow it throughout its uh, campaign is questionable, but certainly uh, had a decent turn of foot and it showed a lot of potential in its career to this point. But I will make sure we get across to Sydney, Big V. I know you wanted to cut me off just to sledge me about uh, not quite getting the job done there, but we uh, had the main race there. It's the other guineas, and I guess Big V. My first question is: Do we need two guineas on the same day? It's the same I, race. I don't. I don't mind it anymore. I think the way it's going now is even if they're not on the same day, they're going to be a week apart the way Sydney has structured its carnival and you're not going to get many Melbourne horses backing up anyway into a Randwick Guineas. So I don't have a problem with it being on the same day now. But what about you? Well, no, I I do, mate. You're diluting the field and you've spoken to me in the past about, you know, sprint races that are too close to one another. It means we can't get the best horses, but... Gee, you're diluting the field out. Wouldn't it be great to see Animo against his Totsu and a few of these horses are up against each other? But you're not diluting the field if they're not going up to Mel. Uh, they're not going up to Sydney anyway from Melbourne. Well, it depends how you schedule it, Big V. But we know that Sydney and uh, Victoria don't necessarily see eye to eye on scheduling at the moment anyway. But we did see Converge win the race up there in Sydney. Um, just not uh, held out a very fast finishing. And hot price favourite Animo and Converge is your should have backed it for the week. Please explain. Well, I did mention on the podcast last week if Converge came down to Melbourne for the Australian Guineas, I'd be having a bet on him because I didn't think that the the Melbourne form was as good as the Sydney form, and and then he's come up and then he's beaten the hot pot in the Randwick Guineas. I just thought, oh, why didn't he come down to Melbourne? I would have been on him, but I, I just thought he, his price was pretty good in the end, six fifty. He could have gone each way on the chance of it knocking off Animo. Uh, I thought he should have been a second favourite instead of Halal because I, I just think Converge is a better horse than Halal. But, you know, you, you're you not going to take on the odds-on favourite, but, you know, at, at $6.50, you go each way. He was a top three certainty to Converge, and I've got a high opinion of him, and I think he's a, a really strong Doncaster chance. On Animo, Big V, do you think he just got a little bit too far back? 
in uh, the conditions. I think that's his pattern. A lot, there's been some reports of him uh, just playing up a bit in the in the mounting yard prior to the race and kicking out, and he's acting acting like a colt. So I wouldn't jump off him. I think the Rose Hill Guineas might be a good race for him, you know, depending on what price you're going to get. Hopefully the, the bookies do let you on because he's the type of horse that he doesn't win by big margins. So you're taking odds on for a horse that is talented but, you know, just gets the job done. Yeah, I just reckon in those heavy 10 sort of real bog conditions, you want to be just a little bit closer. Yeah. Tends to favour the front runners and... Sitting, you know, 10 lengths back in second or third last. It was never a recipe for a win and almost got the job done. It's a superstar horse, but Gia would have loved to see it just a little bit closer. Um, obviously talking a little bit through my wallet there too, Big V. Yeah, you had a big multi going. You oh, would, big might be a stretch, you, but I had a few have, little multis you, going through it. You would have bought some, some lamb on top of that steak. Yeah, I had to put away a lot of um, uh, you know, food along my shopping trip, Big V. The lamb, the lamb cutlets, yeah, they're, they're, not, they're not cheap. Not at all at the moment, that's that's for sure. But there's a couple other interesting races up there in Sydney, Big V, and I, I'll just touch on the challenge stakes very quickly where we saw Eduardo uh, take out Nature Strip again, and we almost had a unbelievable upset. Yeah, it was. It was just um, Shelby 66 got you know too close for Eduardo's liking, I would have thought. And, you know, they went very hard here and on a heavy track, and, you know, Eduardo's busted up Nature Strip and it's just allowed Shelby 66 to get as close as it did. And, you know, we, you get this silly talk on Twitter about, you know, give Shelby 66 a, a slot in the Everest and that type <laughs> of thing. If if Shelby 66 ran the TJ, hypothetically, it wouldn't get within five lengths of Nature Strip. That's for sure. Well, Big V, you called this last week. You actually said Nature Strip would put in a bit of a dud run between now and the TJ, and you, I think you were spot on with that. I, I was surprised it was that short. Yeah, a couple of... Stats that I looked up, and I think that was its fourth straight second up loss, and at odds of two twenty, a dollar ninety five, two ten, and a dollar seventy from the weekend, and it's just the overreaction from the bookies. They see Nature Strip run well first up, they don't want to give punters a chance to get on him next start. They play it really safe, and as as the punter, you got to look at his second up form and go, no, I'm not going to take that price. It's too risky, and I think now he's about. Three dollars plus for the TJ, and and I, I didn't think. Looking at the the replay of that race, I, I at first I thought, oh, usually there's signs that you know that was that's a fitness run for Nature Strip. He's ready to bounce back third up, and I, at first I thought, oh, just getting beaten by Shelby sixty six. Few concerns there, but I think the way Eduardo really did bust him up, I think it, there's no reason to jump off Nature Strip for the TJ. Not at all, mate. And the track conditions is another thing as well. I know not all ha- horses handle those real bold conditions. It was a proper heavy, yeah. heavy there in Sydney. And I wouldn't be jumping off any horse based on uh, yesterday's performance, no matter what race, to be honest, because it, it can turn around really quickly, particularly with horses like Nature Strip, where you know it's being set for yeah. the TJ. Yeah, I, I wouldn't jump off him. I, I still put him in my black book. And, you know, in the TJ, you know, we're going to get $3 plus, hopefully. Now, Big V, I know you didn't want to talk about this race because obviously you didn't back the winner, but Forbidden Love, very impressive back-to-back win on the heavies in the uh, in the Canterbury Stakes. Yeah, it's not that I didn't want to talk about it. I thought we might have been pressed for time. And even, though, <laughs> even though the Canterbury Stakes is a group one. Well, I wanted to talk about it because I backed it. You backed it, yeah. He had the race handed to him or, or full into his lap because he had a few scratchings, Zaki, 
and also lost and running, not accepting. So really set up for forbidden love. And you know, two twenty was a gift in the end. And uh, Lighthouse was gallant, another Group One place, and you know, Colding forty one dollars. Jeez, that's um, you would never have thought. Yeah, you know, when Colding was at his peak, it'd ever be $41 in the oh, race. Track conditions might have played a small part in that one, I think, Big V. Obviously, uh, not, not much, too much form on the on the soft or heavy for Colding. Yeah, you got a yeah, good point there. But you know, I just think... Um, I think it just shows that you know, Colding is a long way from his best. So even on a good track, you know, looking into the campaign, I just think you know, Colding's not the... I think the point I was trying to make was that he's not... He's well behind his best days yeah i think that's probably right big v but we'll move quickly onto the horses to follow because one of mine is actually out of this race and i thought private eyes run first up in that race was was pretty impressive came home really nicely and you'd think uh it's got a win in it again this prep uh obviously already a group one horse yeah i thought the the run of private eye was pretty good too and you know he had to make up a lot of ground on the heavy track which wasn't easy to do at randwick as well and and that race shape as well. So, yeah, oh, he's, uh, that's a good selection as well. Uh, a couple of others for me, Big V. Obviously, we talked about Zaki straight into the All-Star Mile. I think no reason to jump off him. Uh, you mentioned Yonts. Uh, it's hard to miss that effort there at uh, Flemington in the last. And I think that's five in a row for, for Yonts. And really going through the grades nicely. And you expect to see a really nice win from it soon. And not only going through the grades, but... Dominating. Dominating. Performing better at each start, which is a good sign because he can just go up in grade and still be, you know, down in the weights as well because that was only a benchmark 84. So he can go to a benchmark 90 now or a listed race. He's up to that level and he's just improving every start. Yeah, and the final one, speaking of uh, improving every start and and dominating, was Anavisto. I thought that was a really dominant performance there at Flemington and I I was on it at a nice little price actually, even though it started favourite. Well, four dollar eighty favourite is still a pretty good price. Uh, just I, I had Anavisto on top as well, but it was a low confidence it's race. A friend of the podcast, Anavisto too, isn't it? Yeah, I've backed it a few times. Don't worry about that. <laughs> and you know, I'll be backing it again. But you're not going to get four eighty. I think he, next start he's going to be, or she's going to be a have a two in front of her name. Well, that's okay, Big V, because I got on it at the four eighty, so I'm not unhappy about that. But we'll. We'll see where it goes. I think it's got a pretty good campaign in it. Um, We're just being directed to the odds for the Queen of the Turf, Queen of the Turf Stakes, where Anna, where Ana Vista is a twenty-six dollar chance. So and Yonce is twenty-one dollars. So yeah, a couple of options there. Well, if they do run in that, I'm not sure I'd be uh, jumping on board just quietly with a few of the other contenders. But still, uh, very progressive horses, yeah. and you can see very uh, bright futures for both of those in this autumn and in the upcoming spring carnival as well. But uh, Big V, uh, the listeners want to hear who your horses to follow are. Obviously, they go a little bit better than mine. So what have you got for well, us this week? pretty much taken all of them from my list. I think you had a look at it while we were... Oh, mate. Doing our pre-meeting. Not like us to think the same either, Big V. Obviously, we're, you know, aligned today. Must be because we're back in the studio together. Yes, it was that. I've got to hide my notes next time a lot better. But I was on, <laughs> I was on Rose Quartz at Flemington, and I just thought 1,200 metres for Bermudez was going to be a bit too sharp for him, even though he's won at 1,250. That was on his, on debut. So I think Bermudez, he's still got more to give, stepping up to 1,400 metres. So we'll put Bermudez as a horse to follow. And Nature Strip as well. I think 
we'll stick with him for the TJ. Thanks, Big V. Obviously, we'll be following those closely. And so, sorry for stealing your thunder there, mate, but I've, I've got to get something out of this. So um, we will move now, mate, to next week. So we've got a massive day again at Flemington. Uh, we'll have a look at the early odds for a couple of the major races, the first being the new market handicap. And uh, unsurprisingly, Home Affairs is, Home Affairs is the early favourite, but I understand you might like another horse in the race, yeah, mate. Yeah, I'm keen to take on Home Affairs, and I'm going to go with Lost and Running. $5 at the moment in the all-in market. I mean, that, you're not going to get that when the final fields come out. I'll be happy to take you know something $4 and go against the favourite. Is Lost and Running, has that been down the straight before at Flemington? It did have a gallop, I believe, last Friday. I'm just going to try and find the replay of it and just... But not in a race. A not in a race. But sometimes you you just got to take on trust that they can handle the straight. Yeah, I am a fan of Lost and Running. I'm usually on it, but I'm just a little bit worried, as we discussed with Overpass earlier, about horses that haven't been tried down the straight at Flemington. But... Yeah, some of them handle it, the more experienced ones. But what else have we got there in the market there? Would you Obviously, uh, we're not going to see a nature strip uh, or Marabi there, but maybe a Mask Crusader might be a decent uh, one at odds. Yeah, I thought Mask Crusader was okay first up, but nothing that showed me to be on him next up. But he can, he can improve substantially here. Artorias as well. I think he'd be better suited down the straight instead of around the bend. It just feels like he just gets too far back. But he's got this fast finish, but there's no point if you're too far off the leaders. Running down the straight allows you to just be closer to the lead, like like we saw with Brooklyn Hustle. All right, mate. Well, it looks like Lost and Running's your early pick for the new market. The other big race, I suppose, next week will be the Australian Cup, over 2,000. And at the moment, we have Think It Over installed as the $4.40 favourite. A couple others in the market as well, including a couple we've mentioned today, including Forgot You. Spanish Mission, who we've mentioned in previous podcasts, and Cascadian, that's uh, obviously performed well recently. Yeah, this is the type of race we've got to look at. The barriers when they come out. Spanish Mission gets my eye early on. I Caught think. my eye too, Big V, I must say, at $8. Yeah, now to yeah, $8, $7, depending on the market you're looking at. I think it was a good run first up. I, I did see some quotes from the owner saying that they were thinking about going to the Australian Cup first up, but they decided to give it this, the 1,600-metre first up run. I think he's um, he, he looks a good price around that 7 $8 mark. Forgot you, I think, will run well as well. That was a, a good run in the guineas. I thought he looked a little bit dour, so he'd be ready for 2,000. And maybe think it over might be unders at the moment. What about another horse that you had as your uh, one of the f- horses to follow last time, top-ranked Big V, getting a decent price about it early? Yeah, I don't think he'd be going to the Australia Cup. I think he'd be staying in Sydney. Tough to win, I guess would be. So, yeah, they've got to be in the field first. That, yeah, that's that, the risk with these Well, it's in the market, mate, so you, know, you can only look at what's in the I market. Mean, you look at these all-in markets, and I'm looking at one here, and you've got how many horses? We've got six horses at $10 and under. When you get a final field market, you don't have six horses under the odds of $10. Oh, it sounds like you won't be uh, betting any time soon, Big V, and that's probably sensible. But uh, that's all we've got really time for today on the Shoulda Backed It podcast. It was good to touch base with you on both of the guineas there, Big V, and surely you'll, make, you'll be making your way down to the tracks sometime soon. Yeah, I hope so. I'm intending to go there for the All-Star Mole. It's oh, very be, good. Going to go be... watch Zaki win. Very good. Yeah, I think so. I've put a, I'll just put all my eggs on the Zaki basket. But we've just got to... Wait until the fields come out. You know, can't 
you got to just well, be cool and calm about it. We just, did see what happened with Zaki in the Cox Plate. Anything can happen, can't yeah, it? Including just, on race morning. So, yeah, just be. You just got to take a breath, one week at a time. It's the cliche. Just worry about making some money next weekend, and then we'll worry about All Star Mile week. But it's going to be a busy day that day. Five Group Ones up in Sydney as well. So, but I'll I'll try and make it to the track. Oh, it should be a good day, Big Van. Hopefully the sun is shining. But uh, thank you. Thank to our listeners. As always, have a look at our Twitter handle, at Should Have Backed It, if you want to you know, listen to the podcast, obviously, or see some of our best bets. But uh, as always, good luck on the punt.